Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my home. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome moment. And Jim Donovan's back in the booth calling the games like there's something happening in Cleveland where maybe us in New York and everyone watching is like, oh, that's ugly football. Yeah. That's their football. We, all we really need is each other. And I mean, if people don't want to believe in us, you know, we believe in us. So that's all that matters. Running back, Pickett back to pass. He got hit in the end zone. As the Browns get in there, blow in. It's Miles Garrett. As the Browns get him down right by the goal line. DTR back to pass. Throws. Middle Cooper caught it on a slant. He's got it down to the Steelers 37-yard line on a first down. Nobody's taking it easy well, whether that's in the facility, at practice. You know, everybody's in there to, to, to win it. And we know what we have in the building. You know, everyone is really invested in, in being a winner this, this year. Second down and 11. Najee Harris in the backfield, which is a shotgun. Back to pass. Kenny Pickett in the pocket. Getting chased, and they got him! Miles Garrett got him! Big, big play back to the 27-yard line. I mean, at this point, it's just like we don't even need to look at it. You know, we start packing up. I took my helmet off, took my gloves off. And like, at this point, you know, like, he automatic. You know what's going on, so... You know, who sat down. I, don't, I think Greg Newsom didn't even look at the kick. He just was looking away like he about to make it. You know, let me start packing my stuff up. Five seconds to go. Here we go. Hewlett ready to put the ball back. Snaps it back. Ball down. Hopkins into it. Flag down. Kick is up. And the kick is good. With two seconds left, there's a flag down. It looks like the Steelers were offside. Two seconds left. And Dustin Hopkins. Outside. You bet. Defense. The Stanley's decline. The field goal is good. Listen to Brown Stadium. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, baby, let's do it live on a Victory Monday edition of the program. Merely Bo, the great <laughs> Z. I got to tell you, um, I've been to that stadium a lot. You've been there a lot more than I. Yeah. Um, that was as satisfying a cool and as cool a day as I've ever had at that place on a Sunday. It was all things awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It was a day that I certainly will never forget, um, personally or professionally. Yeah. It was so going into it, obviously knowing Jim was going to come back was huge, mm-hmm. right? And then we had the knowledge beforehand of knowing that he was going to get to do the guitar and thinking yep. like what a moment that's going to be yep you have nick chubb come out the crowd goes Hold on just a second on that okay no we can go we can we i'm just, i was trying to go chronologically we yeah can let's go, go yeah. chronologically let's okay. start there right. yeah because it actually starts with miles introduction so which if you're if you haven't been to this stadium in a while like his is on another level 
another, another level than anything else. Yes. And, I mean, they deservedly so. Him as it should be. Uh, Florio said he might be the MVP of the league at this no, point talk. of the season, not even just the He's averaged one and a half sacks the rest of the way, which feels he's very well doable his, his reach, yeah. to set the new record. Yeah. So Okay, so, and I'll give you from the booth standpoint. So, we, Jim, after he does the fact or fiction, he heads down. In the pregame radio. Yeah, so yeah. normally it's a 105 kick at 12.50, that's when we start. Yep. And so we'll start, set the scene, do the whole deal. So I do the set the scene and mm-hmm. say we're going to have these awesome pregame festivities. We'll be back, take a quick break, then go to the PA announcer. And so you get all the player intros, Nick Chubb. And then I think we took it back, did a little something, and then it was to Jim. And so Jim comes out, and the ovation was so thunderous Mm -hmm. and miles's was thunderous and nick chubbs was thunderous and this was thunderous i'm not saying any was bigger yeah 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 but it was all of the i was talking with mj emerson right now he's like i've never heard the stadium that loud no and he comes out there smashes the guitar legend beautiful gibbe is ugly crying in the booth we're all crying in the booth (laughs) i'm like kind of trying to cry narrate yeah you know what's going on and and he comes back up, and he was so touched and moved by mm-hmm. the response. And I'll, I'll get emotional again. It's fine. I, I dropped on MJ Emerson because I don't know if you've seen the video where he's talking to DTR, and he's like, dude, if you want to cry, like, cry. Dude. Yeah, you yeah, are, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I dropped right. on him uh, the great line from The Big Lebowski, which I know he has not seen. <laughs> I said, there's a line in The Big Lebowski, strong men also cry. And yeah. He's like, he liked that. I was like, yeah. yeah. So there it is. For sure. So Jim comes back, and you could tell that he was just so – moved by it and you know he starts comes back in and i did the got i did the first three plays like a a one-man band and then he comes back in and uh he got like choked up after like maybe the first or second play that he did and he was like kind of crying again and and, you know i think it was kind of the gravity of like i'm back doing this and there was a time that he probably didn't want to admit to himself where he wasn't sure if he was going to be doing that i bet that wasn't on uno Probably not. Probably not. No. Um, so he comes back, and then all of a sudden, it's just like riding a bike again. He's back like we never left. And I want to say, I want to take some time out to acknowledge the people who sit in front of our booth. Mm-hmm. Because you could see people looking up, and I kept saying, Give me, they're pretty disappointed right now. Like, it's just me. Yeah. And they, <laughs> like, all they want to do is see yeah. Jim, you know? And we can't tell them, hey, don't worry, it's going to be it's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I think some people started to put it together. I saw some people making guitar smashing gestures, and I was like, eh, maybe you got that. Yeah. Um, so they were just turning around. He comes back in the booth, standing ovation from our whole section. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Steelers fans, to their credit, standing ovation. And there yeah. were people at the front of our section who had brought and then rolled out a sign that said, welcome back, Jimmy. Oh, that's great. All across the front of our section. And so you see every it just that love. Then the Browns win the game, and we'll obviously go through the journey of the game. But the Browns win the game. You've got Jim's emotional. I was emotional. We go, we do a, a celebratory toast together with everybody that was in the radio yep. booth and it was awesome and then he goes down into the locker room at the request of kevin stefanski mm-hmm. and i'm sure you've seen the video yeah. and if people haven't they should they should seek it out and kevin stefanski presents jim with a game ball mm-hmm. 
So I'm out on the field and doing my post game, and I see Jim come out with the ball, and he's like, they gave me a game ball. Yeah, like, this is awesome. so neat. He's mm-hmm. word neat. And he was just blown away. Mm-hmm. And I was texting with him, you know, uh, throughout the night, and we've been we've been texting this morning. And he was like, "This is just this is a day I will truly never forget." Yeah. And it was so cool, and the fact that we won. Well, that's it. And then, of course, because that otherwise it it changes how you ultimately feel. But you will look back at this day as a Browns fan for the return of Jim Donovan, for obviously a huge win over a division rival, the Steelers. You're on Football Night in America, Jim Donovan shout-outs. You're Good Morning Football, Jim mm-hmm. Donovan shout-outs. And something special's happening here with this Cleveland Browns football team. And it's just cool. Here we are, 7-3, and three, without Deshaun Watson at this point, without Nick Chubb. I just saw Jack Conklin in the locker room. Great to see him without Jack Conklin. And yet, here we are, kind of through it all, just like Jim has overcome this team has overcome, and it's just a special thing to be a part of and to be able to experience and to experience it with the great people of Cleveland and really all Browns fans around the world. But you were there in the stadium, the vibe there, the vibe after. My buddy Kenny twisted, as he said, my rubber arm and convinced me we went to the Cavs game afterwards. Yeah. So we did a little perfect Cleveland. Double dip. Double dip. Yeah, beat the champs last and, night. Yeah. Yeah, handily. Yeah. Um, and, like, going through there, it was like, a party, people hugging Browns, just the joy. And, and what you've said it all along, what football means to this city and thus what Jim means to this city as the voice of it for generation. That's right. It's just so cool to be a part of. And yesterday was so special. And it was just awesome. It was. Um, and it, it, it really was. Uh, I won't do the voice, but it really was on every level because it was – it was a Steelers game. It was coming off of what we had experienced as a collective with the loss. And the, I mean, the loss of Deshaun Watson waking up to that news was crippling Gut punch. news. And, and it's, and yet you, you have to go and you have to go forward with it. Um, and knowing that picks Pittsburgh was here, uh, knowing what we thought it was going to be, which was a coronation. Like we knew we were going to beat him. I had no doubt. I didn't care who the quarterback was. I knew we were going to beat him. Agreed. Um, if Watson was there, I thought it was slump Smoke. city Smoke. and we'll see on down the road. Yes. Um, and, and so, then there was a little bit of apprehension, but I still knew that our defense would be what it was. And then you got a picture-perfect Sunday this late in November. I mean, it was as good as November football can be perfect. in Ohio. It was absolutely perfect. Um, I will tell you that the – and some of it is because I knew Jim was coming. Like, when I saw the bat signal with Nick Chubb, that place went bonanza. Yes. The Chubb thing. And, I like, NBC was standing next to me, and he goes – Dad, is Chubb playing? And for a second, I'm like, God, maybe he is. I don't know what the hell's going on, man. This is crazy. It's all in play. But then the then to see Nick, and then I knew Jim was coming. So I, I had picked up uh, Bootsy, and I said, I just want you to watch this. And I was explaining to him what was going on and to see Jim go out there. And it was I was in tears. I was a puddle. I mean, we loved yeah, Jim. We were, it, there was I was like, just in an absolute puddle watching him do that. Same. And knowing what he's been through, what that battle's like, and to be able to have a goal and to attain it. Um, But all of it, every single bit of it, would be marginalized some if you don't win. And I will tell you that the first play that Pittsburgh has the ball, when Miles flies and sacks. Got a safety. And got a safety on Kenny Pickett. I text you and I said, I'm right in front of that. I'm, I'm right behind that, rather. 
I don't understand how that's not a safety. It's it a safety was. in every way, shape, or form. I don't know what in the hell we're doing. I, I kept going, why are they snapping it? Stop play. So they, This is a safety. It's clearly a safety. We threw the flag. The they didn't no, see it. That was the loudest was that because yeah. all of it was building. The introduction well, That was the football. That right. was the football. So, yeah. And that, as you come at full circle, the football makes it all work. Of course. Because you have – the introduction, you have Nick, you have Jim's magical moment, and then you have Miles sacking Pickett for a safety that is not called. The place would have, if, you, if someone would have lit a match, it would have lit on fire yes. at that moment. Oh, yeah. That's, and so, because you win, it allows for this to be. That's why I said, that's why I said off top. I'd, I've been there a lot. I've, I've been to a lot of games at that stadium. Not as much as you, but a lot. That's as good as it's ever been. Yes. All things considered. Yes. Yes. The magic, the environment, the passion, and then the result. That's right. And the result matters. It's a, yeah. This is the most binary of businesses. Yeah. There are no bad wins. There are no good losses. And I think if you could have scripted it up for what you – when we're going to go and, and – we're seven and three. We're going to get excited about what this could be, right? We have to. Yeah. If you were going to script that game, say, I don't care what happened in the first – 58 minutes. That's right. But DTR is going to get the ball and need to go at a minimum 30-plus yards to give Dustin Hopkins a chance to win it against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's going to come out on that final drive and go four for four, throwing a rope to Elijah Moore to get mm -hmm. the drive started and really kind of settle him down. And then we're going to win on that drive from that young quarterback. When you think about what we were talking about, you got eight games, now seven, and you've already won one of them. That's great to get – playoff ready with DTR and I know we signed Joe Flacco to the practice squad yeah. DTR is the starter and you know I feel like that by the way he looks very youthful Joe Flacco looked great in my mind a guy like Joe Flacco yeah. should be older than me but not in fact he's not no no and quite not as a matter of fact um <laughs> it's you couldn't kind of as you were saying in the Baltimore game like hey even if we don't win and Deshaun looks good mm -hmm. at the end of it you feel good about it. But, well, we did win, and he did, and we're, that's yeah. when you're here. But the same, I think, for DTR, because now he has some confidence in himself. His teammates certainly have confidence yeah. in him that he can do this when it matters. Like, you think about anybody in this region, all right? You're a kid, and you're in your backyard with your brothers or your friends, cousins, whomever, mm -hmm. playing football. What's the scenario you'd come up with? All right, two minutes. Yeah. Down six, or in this case, two minutes tied, Browns, Steelers, and you got to go lead the drive. And that's yeah. what he did. And that, from a football standpoint, is as big as anything else that happened. Our defense, save for one play, was unbelievable. Yeah. And, and I'll tell a quick story in this one. And it takes everybody. You talk about the game being in everybody. All 11, all 22, all 53. You know, one of the plays that I thought was one of the biggest, and we, we break it down on X's and Joe's this week, uh, it was the one that, first one that came to mind when I thought of like the play I wanted to highlight in this game. Third and 15, four minutes and 50 seconds left. Steelers have the ball at R45. Mm -hmm. They just get 10. Trot Boswell out there, right? 52, 53 is four or five from 50 plus. Certainly can make it. And if they took the lead, Totally different. Who knows how that feels? Yep. That's a different level of, of, of probably terror, different level of stress, panic, immediacy of need, all of it, right? 
And Zadarius Smith, a defensive end who was lined up over the left guard, he's running a stunt that's taking him towards the play, reads it and hustles his butt off and tackles Jalen Warren in past outside of the 40. If he doesn't tackle him, oh, I don't know because so, we can't say we would tackle him. That The view from where we were, we were in the opposite end zone, the end zone that we kicked the game-winning field goal in. And so you're watching that play, and I go, oh, no, because th- that dude's got a gear. Jalen Warren has a gear. Yeah. And I thought, not, no, not him, not in space, don't, not one man miss because he's – and Hickman got a piece yep. of him, but he got out of it. And had he had Zadarius not made not, that play, yes. MJ told me earlier today, I thought this was so cool, because I was like, did that one get a lot of love in the film room? He goes, he got a standing ovation. And that's what this team is about. Yeah. Their love for one another, the fact that they all celebrate. I joked with them. I said, you guys on this defense, you know if they come to me, I'm going to make the play. If it goes somewhere else, you know they're going to make the play. And I said, you have different people step up every week. And then I, I joked. And Miles steps up every week, and he, he he goes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. But I thought that play was so big, and then you get the three and out. You get it back to DTR. He leads you down. I mean, the confidence in Dustin Hopkins in this building. I mean, you talk about one of the most underrated and impactful trades oh, gosh. of the season anywhere in the NFL. I think I said that to Steve Weish, and he was like, I hadn't thought about it like that, but is it four? You might now? be right. Is it four game winners? Baltimore, Indy, Pittsburgh. Well, Indy, we won on the touchdown late, but he hit four. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he, he hit, hit the four. four There's in one in that him. game. Yeah. Look at B. Lynch. Look at him. Ah, He's ready. Let's go. He's ready. B. Let's Lynch is go. ready. He's just, we don't do He's what. He's just automatic. Automatic. To not have to worry about it. Don't worry about it. To not have to worry about it. Don't you worry. Not about a thing. About um, a thing. No, it, it checked every box. Um, it was it was such a cool experience. It was such a cool Sunday. And the the really interesting thing about it is you wake up in third place in the AFC. Yeah. That's the reality. No, that's... And the number to make the postseason is 10. Okay? And you're at 7. Uh, 10 is a lock. That's... There's, you just look at everything else that happens in the AFC. Um, and and this, is a, this is a team that is far from done. Far from done. And this defense is something the likes of which you haven't seen in a very long time. I heard something this morning. Uh, this is the y- lowest yards per game for a defense since the 08 Steelers uh, through 11 games. Um, that team won the Super Bowl with Roethlisberger. They won the Super Bowl. Fewest year, so. first downs allowed since 1992. We have run the equivalent. Te- we have run the equivalent of three extra games worth of offensive plays against our opponents relative to what they've run against us as a defense. Because of all the three and outs. And look, this team is only going to get better on offense. I think yeah. I feel comfortable saying that. And the defense, it's uh, is a no, machine. It's, and it's a it's growing every like it's more chesty every week. More guys, this is the first time we've ever beat Pittsburgh and Baltimore in back to back weeks. That's right. You could say full that stop. Again. No, that's right. Yep. Yeah, full yep. stop. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I believe we've had over the 25 years, there have been 15, 15 chances. chances. Yeah. And this would be the first. But you go in here and look at this. Obo Okoronkwo, congratulations, sir, to you. Becoming yeah. a father yeah. on yeah, Saturday. Was wearing the hospital band I saw on that. Sunday. I, I saw him in the locker room. To use a Bo Bishop. Can I interest you in a sack and four tackles for loss from Obo Okoronkwo? A sack and Incredible. four 
Tackles for loss. Can I interest you in that? I believe that I can. Two sacks for Miles. I mean, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits. He was everywhere. This team was everywhere. And we beat them despite, again, losing the turnover battle. Only one nothing, and it didn't hurt us at all. It was basically no. like a complete yeah. do-over. We ended up getting the ball back exactly where we had started the previous drive. Um, it's just awesome. This team, there is something special about this team. And, and Jim and I, at the end of the broadcast, talked about, you know, like we've done – enough games together in the booth, but also when I was on the sideline for a decade yeah. when it was, was Jim and the Great Deke. Games started to have a feel. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that feel usually meant we know how this is going to go. We've seen this yep. movie. It is not a happy ending for the Browns. They are going to lose. And then this year, it doesn't matter. Mm -mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter. This team never gives up. And they find a way to make plays that they need to make. I, I got to see DTR in the locker room, and he was obviously overcome with emotion, and, and he was so fired up. And uh, I walked out with P.J. Walker. And you could tell, even though you know P.J. wants to be playing, he yeah. was so happy for DTR. And I said, listen, man, when we were walking, I go, you don't hit Elijah Moore for 30 on third and 10 against the Colts? I go, we're, it ain't no, here. none of this matters. Mm -mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. played – you are such a part of the story of the 2023 Cleveland Browns and you may be needed again, but it's, it's everybody in that locker room. And that would be such a hard thing, you know, to be a quarterback and to be like, well, Hey, I won some games here and they're giving this guy a shot. And to just be that selfless, to not care and be that excited for your teammates. That's why this team is special. I've been around a lot of these teams and there've been a lot of great, great guys and great guys in the locker room, but maybe it had something to do with the Greenbrier. But this group loves each other. And I think Jim Schwartz has a lot to do with what's going on on the I defensive agree. side. Yeah. I think guys like Rodney McLeod will certainly miss him, have a lot to do with what's going on over there. But there's some, there is something special about this team. And I know we're you know just over halfway through this journey. It's been a hell of a ride. It's been a lot of fun and provided some unbelievable moments mm -hmm. for families like yours to be there and yeah, get Bootsy and he's chomps and all of it and everything that, you know, you're sending us the videos of him barking and letting the Steelers know what he thinks of them. Like that's kind of the fabric of what this area is. And this mm -hmm. game will be, I hope maybe not for this season, but it feels to me like just culturally, organizationally, we've reached an inflection point where like, we're not when somebody wants to say same old, like, no, not, no, I, I agree with you. And honestly, I think that's been unfair for a while because ever since Kevin Stefanski's been here, this has been a very good football team. We've won as many We've, games in this division as any team. Right, right. So that, that gets lost sometimes because I think the de, de facto is almost to go negative a lot of times. Uh, but the reality is with everything we've dealt with, we are – we have been one of the better teams. We've been, to your point, the best team in the division in terms of against the divisional opponents since yep. he's been there. Um, this defense, though, the, even the lot when we lost Nick early or Jack early, it was always kind of – and even as Deshaun was trying to find his way and get under rhythm and no matter who the quarterback was, it was like, lean on us. Lean on us. And they've got a bunch of confident, talented dudes with – an alpha of all alphas in miles at the front of it. Um, but even this season, we're having it at Denzel Ward. Like, this is an all-pro season for Denzel Ward. He's been a Pro Bowl player before. He is putting himself in position to be an all-pro corner in this league. He was sensational yesterday. Um, Kenny Pickett is not particularly good. Uh, he had no chance. None. At all. Ever. Um, and so, all of those factors get you to where you are. And I agree with you. I, I think that 
this is this was a, a day that will that it's going to last forever. It's a day that you're going to remember forever. Yes, and much more to come. Yes, yes, well said. And I want to throw another per- MJ Emerson stud is a and I don't know if did you see the video of him after and with the fans yep. and the leadership it, it's and him just and Greg right they yep, went yeah yep. he is in my mind a Pro Bowl All Pro cornerback and I don't know how anybody can make the case that he's not he just does not give up anything nothing throwing at him is like in some ways it's a wasted down that's how good he has been this year Oboe steps up Zadarius has stepped up all the guys in the middle I mean you get Shelby Harrison there Matumbo and a bunch of passes down goes Anthony Walker Jr. and up steps Sione Takitaki and plays a phenomenal game for you at the mic play down at that end huge 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 yes every it just that's what's so this team there it's this team man there's something very special about what's going on here with the Cleveland Browns and it's awesome to be to be a part of it and to be able to to be witness to it and to also be able to hear Jim Donovan describe it Come once on. again it was, it was unbelievable lots to get to obviously um, on this one we'll go over the injury report talk a little bit about the Flacco acquisition what it means you'll hear from coach as well we're off and running on a victory Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet sports betting partner Cleveland Browns now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And welcome back, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, who just smashed that guitar to the booth, Jim Donovan. All right, now I did it all. Now the easy part, huh? Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Congratulations to our 2023 Browns Fan of the Year, Kathy Erb. Kathy is a retired elementary school PE teacher, surprised her with a tour of the practice facility. She met Joel and Joe Thomas, uh, excited for her center to the Super Bowl. She represents Browns for a chance to be the NFL's ultimate fan of the year. Head to clevelandbrowns.com slash fan of the year 2024 to learn more on that. Uh, just some some injury updates from yesterday. Anthony Walker Jr. is now week to week with a hamstring yep. injury, so that's a blow there because he's certainly been one of the steadying uh, factors. And then Rodney McLeod Jr. sadly out for the season with the bicep. Yeah, and so that changes things a little bit for the Cleveland Browns because when hopefully Thornhill is able to come back this week, now you have Ronnie Hickman and you've got DeAnthony Bell at the safety position. Now, Thornhill has played typically when we go to that dime, he's been the guy that's been the post, the single high safety. And Rodney and Grant, Grant's played basically linebacker a lot of this year yeah. in many ways. And then Rodney and Grant would be the ones who would come down, Rodney get into the, the slot at times. So the question is now, do they feel like, would Juan do that? Would Ronnie do that? How do they play a dime in that situation? So that'll be something that we need to watch because that's been a big part of what we do. We'll obviously probably play a little bit more nickel than we perhaps had been playing. Uh, but that's this is it's a big loss. I, I saw he was just was downstairs, Rodney, and – He's like, we're gonna keep going, man. He's gonna, I'll be around, and you know, gonna help this team out. But he played very good football for the Cleveland Browns this year. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing the the walking wounded we've become, and and how you're winning despite it because it's 
it's one monster injury after another yeah. uh, to this That's the league. Team. Oh, it is. It's around it's, the league. It is. The league it's is. Just, yeah. yeah, it's um, – I don't know what you can do. I guess you can do – there's nothing you can do. Like, this is what we all sign up for to play this. And, um, you know, I don't know if the extra game or I don't know what it is, but it the, it's just catastrophic injury after catastrophic injury. I think people are bigger, stronger, faster than they've ever been, yeah. which means their bodies are being pushed to the limits. And when you're pushed – when you're at your limit, you are – closer to your breaking point than when you're kind of Joe Sixpack out there yeah. slopping around and you didn't have as much muscle or stress on your ligaments because there wasn't as much power force being generated. We were, uh, we, I remember talking to Dr. Boos about this a couple of years ago. We were at one of the right. UH things and, and we talked about how, uh, you know, we floated this by him, like muscles get bigger, stronger, faster, ligaments don't. Right. They're finite. They're finite. Yeah. You're exactly right. By the way, Jimmy Bang Bang is listening on a Victory Monday here. God and, bless. And he said, you are underselling the fact that we did not sit down the entire game. Never in my 35 years of going to games have I stood the entire game and I was second row 136. And, in fact, he also got the shot. He was the fan they picked out after Hopkins hit the game winner on uh, CBS yesterday. Jimmy Bang Bang. Oh, that's arms right. in yeah. the air. Celebrating. No, that's what I mean. Like that's what I said. Like that, that it was a it was building, right? It was a crescendo. It was it was player introduction, introducing our defense, and then it was Nick, and then it was Jim, and then it was the Miles safety, and all of those things happened. Like, I mean, it was lit on fire. Now on I will fire. tell you, it was as nervy as can be when Jalen Warren goes to the house to start the third, and you go, "Oh my God, all has been lost in one play." Like. Well, it's like, right, if, if you didn't let them do that, right. you knew they were not going to score. That was score. the only way. And it, think about the Monday night game. It was the 71-yard yeah. catch and run by Pickens. That, that, the only way that they scored yes. on us were one big play. Yeah. And by the way, I don't understand, and I'm glad that they don't do it, but like to me, Warren gets as much as he can handle, and then Najee spells him. Like For it, sure. Whenever he different... was on the field – on that draw where we end up holding them for the field goal mm -hmm. to tie it, yeah. If that's Warren, he may have scored. He might have, yeah. No, he's, he's got a different gear than Najee has, for sure. Yeah. And there's, by the way, coming out of their locker room, it sounds like there is a lot of unhappiness in that locker room. Well, you know, we're not we're not doing the Steelers daily, but I will just a, as a quick, like, one quarterback was a fifth round pick, rookie. The other is a first-round pick in his second year. I'll take the former over the latter, and it ain't close. Did you see? You were right over their tunnel, right? Isn't yes. That yeah. Did you see how fast George Pickens was off the field at the conclusion of that game? Yes, I did, yeah. He beat everybody by a few minutes yeah. on a dead sprint like he was running a Yeah, nine. they can't throw it. I mean, he cannot throw the ball down the field. Can't. So it's, um, yeah, they've. You know, they've got some playmakers, and Watt's still great, and he's around all the time. Uh, by the way, so this was one of those ones where I don't have the – because I didn't watch it on television because I was not listening to you guys on the broadcast because I'm in the stadium for this one. Um, I, I, I wonder if on television they brought as much attention to what was happening with Dewan Jones. Oh, yeah, they did. I'm okay, sure on they TV, did. I would assume they we would. But like, I know you guys would because you would have saw it, but I, was, I kept saying to the boys, like, do you see what's happening here? Like, he's so, running in so it was, on passing downs. It, it was funny. So, like, I was pretty sure he started the game, and then I saw Hudson in there, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, and there's a pretty big physical difference between right. the two. Yeah. And then I'm like, but he's standing there. He's fine. And so I, I, made, the, uh, I made that point that basically the scenario, as I understand it, is that we do not feel 
that Dewan Jones is healthy enough. And I said this to Dewan after the game, and he got a big kick out of this. I said, so basically, you're, you're not healthy enough to play every snap. Yeah. But you're healthy enough to pass block against TJ Watt. That seems to be it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which, and, and in my mind, it seems insane. If, if you're healthy enough to pass block against TJ Watt, you're healthy enough to do anything. Yep. And by the way, handled him. He did. Yeah. Handled him. TJ had one. Did he get a sack or did he get one tackle for loss? Not on Dewan. Not on Dewan. But he, he did get. In at one, and the only, his wife was sitting directly in front of me, so I saw the. Dewan Jones allowed zero pressures. Yeah, in this game, Hudson allowed three in the sack. Batonio two pressures. Posick one pressure. Dewan Jones, Wyatt Teller on the right side of that line, nary a single pressure allowed. It's crazy to see this big human running and out on pass downs. It was nuts. He. He is unbelievable, and he is a great kid. Like, I – he came out to the coach's show early on in the season. Yeah. And I knew it just from talking to him. But what a just great, gregarious, nice, thoughtful – like, made everybody who interacted with him feel like he was as into their interaction as, as they were. Awesome kid. And it's just – it's hilarious that that a determination can be made that someone is – Fit enough to block Saying that out loud is... But not... And maybe it's run game. They didn't want his knee exposed to things that would be in the run game. Now, we ran it five times while he was on the field for his uh, 30 snaps or whatever. But he was... Man, was he good. He is... He... That is... You talk about, and people, you know, look at our drafts. You got a first-rounder in MJ Emerson in the third round. Yep. Fact. You got a first rounder, and and Dewan Jones. If the draft were to happen today, like when people redo drafts, he's probably a top ten pick. I was just going to say he's going in the top ten, right? For sure, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the Steelers would have taken him before. Yes, this guy. Yeah, Broderick Jones. He's who, the first tackle off the board, I, and I, I think Paris think. Johnson's doing a nice job out in Arizona, but who's his teammate at Ohio State? But I think he's the first tackle off the board if you redraft, knowing what you know, knowing now. what you know now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was everything, too, and our, our Great Clips, Great Clip of the Game, uh, presented by Great Clips, it's going to be great. There was This was another moment. So this is the Kareem Hunt hurdle where he just decides he's going to hurdle somebody who, by the way, wasn't even around at the start of this season. It's just the whole thing so surreal. This is courtesy of our friends at La Mega. Aquí necesita mover las cadenas una vez, por lo menos, para no darle chance a Pittsburgh de ganar con gol de campo al final. Thompson Robinson. Buscando atrás a pasar, choque fuerte en la línea de impacto y ahora Karim Hunt salta a la valla y llega hasta la yarda 28, sí señor Karim Hunt, pareciendo a Edward Moses, corriendo y saltando las vallas olímpicas, Cameron Hayward coge el taco, 110 metros vallas, Karim Hunt cuando empiezan los entrenamientos, salta por encima. How about Edwin Moses? Edwin Moses, 76-84 Olympic gold medalist in the With hurdles. The goggles. Yeah. Wow, that's An Edwin great. Moses drop. That's a great drop right there. For the kids out there, Google Edwin Moses. He, he was, was a, a beast. He was a beast, to say the least. Great hurdler. He really was. Hence um, the, uh, the relevance there. That one flipped field. That was a big which one. Which was big because we were backed up. Yep. And and I think it got it got the energy up, and it got the okay. Like all we we got to make one play here, and while we end up having to punt that drive, then we get the three and out, and then we go. But it got though. I think it was a sixteen yard run. It made it yes, so it, that you were, so that they're not receiving the ball at the fifty at, at midfield again. 
So and, that flipped the field. And Corey had some of his best punts, oh my and he gosh. also had he did have- <laughs> a couple that were not his best punts. At the end, when we got that stop, yeah, when they were at 3rd and 15th, 45, they were at the 40 mm-hmm. because he didn't hit a good ball. and Their guy didn't either. Presley Harmon no. had one of those shankopotamuses as well. Yeah, yeah. He Corey hit one in the first half. That was, that I don't even know if it's landed yet. It was so I. It was funny on the radio. We have the great statistician Dan Tracy, and I wasn't calculating from where it was snapped, which would be ten off of it. But I'm like, where he hit that ball? He just hit a perfect spiral mm-hmm. that went seventy five plus yards in the air. Yeah, and he was like sixty five. I was like, I know. He's like, I know. he's like, that's my job. Like, I know you're the statistician. Dan. But I'm saying, I'm saying, how far did he actually? How far as did a human did he go? kick the ball? Yeah. And it was not dead straight. He had moved it over the sideline as well. So, I mean, you know, it was he perfect. triangulated. Yeah, probably 80 yards in the air, all told. Yeah, Unreal. Crazy. Spiral. Crazy. Like, as tight a spiral mm-hmm. as you could throw. Yes. No, it was, it was an absolute scene. Uh, Joe Flacco officially signed to the yep. practice squad. Um, Looks great. You mentioned that. What, what, is the, what do you think the plan will be here for Joe and, and this quarterback room? I think that, and these are not scores. This is... Conjecture. Just my conjecture, based on at least what I think I understand I know. He's here to provide some veteran guidance, as Deshaun will as he's going through his surgery and rehab as well. But he's, I think, the kind of, like, break glass. Mm -hmm. Like, we think DTR is the guy. Mm -hmm. We think that he can do this. We're going to give him every opportunity to do this. But in the event that we need to break glass, here's Joe Flacco. How many was there officially seven or eight drops? I had seven. Okay. I had seven. Pro football focus had, let's see, I believe they had seven for us. And now, by the way, if you go ahead and, and do that. You're gonna do what I was gonna say? So you they, can do where I'm where I'm going here? No, go, add, you do it. Do it. Add so, seven to twenty four. Thirty one. How does thirty one of forty three sound? Like seventy five percent elite. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now, and it wasn't – look, it's a different ball coming out of a different hand, yes. and it's probably got a different velocity to it. This kid's got a hose, so there's all sorts of factors that lead to it. But And I love Chief's response on social afterwards, like, won't happen, unacceptable. Like, that stuff doesn't happen to him. It doesn't happen to Elijah Moore. Like, that – you know, so that's – That may have been a very different – That may have been son. Could have Elijah. Been. Yeah, yeah, it was, he was, that was right into it. He was right into but, the corner. No, and by the way, Stefanski said today – David Joku did, in fact, go home and get on his jugs machine, and I know because he FaceTimed me while he was catching balls on the jugs machine. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to worry about us, Chief. Everyone trusts you because you got the one that mattered. Exactly. Yeah. The one that mattered. The one that that mattered was the one that set up, set up the kick. And I saw him in the locker room afterwards wearing a beautiful white mink, it looked like. White. Oh, white. It was stunning on the Chief, and uh, I could tell he was like, happy but down and i'm like dude you've done it and you i said don't worry about it everybody believes in you you're yeah. gonna be good he goes i am gonna worry about it and i said that's why everybody believes in you we know yeah. you are and we know like dude, you're when it come time to need one on the final drive you go to 85 you go to chief and they played on that play they played that was here's why this play was so good and we're gonna break this one down for you next is joe's but i'll give you a snippet of it we're two to the right to the left Chiefs lined up with Trent Thompson. So in my mind, I think DTR probably was like, that's the matchup I want. They're playing man. Roberts was was spying right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So at about 
anything that was like a slant, he would have been right there. And then anything that was a post, they had their free safety in the middle of the field as well, playing like a single high. So it was man one with a robber and single high, or with a with a spy and single high. And Thompson was way in outside leverage, knowing he had help back to the middle of the field. DTR knew the route was he's going to run it out and return. So into that outside leverage, you know you're going to be able to spin off that and be open. But what DTR did such a good job was he took the snapback and kind of kept his head square on a Landon Roberts until the timing of it was to boom, throw here. And that's what created the alley for him to catch it and be able to get up. So that was, number one, the right play call for their defense. Number two, great pre-snap recognition by DTR. And then veteran savvy uh, for a young guy, hold this guy here so I have the alley here hit the throw, go to Chief, who makes the play when you needed it. Yep. And that's beautiful. It's beautiful. It, it is. It's art. It's beautiful. It's art. Coach Stefanski up next. You're listening to Cleveland Runs Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Third down and three, 6.14 to go in the half. Jalen Warren into the game. He's the running back. Picking in the shotgun. Back. He's going to get hit. He's going down. They got him at the 40-yard line. Okoronkwo got in there first. Okoronkwo, a new father as of yesterday, and he gets his third and a half sack on the season. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Pet Supplies Plus give you a chance to win tickets to home games all season long while providing the best deals for your pet. Over 75 locations throughout Ohio. Enter to win tickets at clevelandbrowns.com slash Plus and receive a coupon to use at your local Pet Supplies Plus with your entry. Pet Supplies Plus, proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. And now here's Coach at the podium. Okay, start injury front. Uh, Anthony Walker Jr. has a hamstring injury. That'll be week to week, so we'll work through that. Rodney McLeod Jr. Uh, has a biceps injury that's going to require surgery so that will end his season uh, unfortunately and uh, I think you guys know how I feel about Rodney uh, unbelievable leader for this football team has played really well for us uh, he, he's really a guy that I've gotten to know over this year and, and Coach Schwartz had a history with Rod and a bunch of guys uh, you know knew Rod prior to this season but just watching that guy work watching him in the meeting room, on the practice field, during the games, just uh, amazing teammate. Uh, so, so that's you know I feel for him. He'll, he'll get fixed up, and then he'll be back out here helping his teammates. But uh, really feel for Rod in, the, in this situation. On the game, you know, obviously hard fought win, and and it was hard, and, and it was hard fought. I mean, it was a uh, physical. It's AFC North football, uh, so it's kind of how we expected it, it would go. Uh, wasn't always pretty. Um, things that we can certainly clean up and we will, but really, really uh, proud of the fight in this group. Um, and then we'll turn our attention to Denver uh, at the end, after this, uh, after these meetings this morning. But with that, I'll take any questions. Uh, yeah, Kevin, um, you know, we know that you guys went ahead and signed Joe Flacco uh, to the practice squad. So just kind of wondering what, you know, what you see as his role and will DTR start for you in Denver on Sunday? Yeah, Dorian will, will start. And uh, Joe's role is to support this team uh, coming in here. You know, we were able to add a, a guy with a ton of experience. Uh, he'll be great for that room. He'll be great for this team. Hey, Kevin, how did Joe look in that workout on Friday? And just what do you think his value is? Kind of like you talked about how important that fit was. 
So why do you think he's a good fit? Yeah, and the workout looks good. Kept himself in good shape. Uh, yeah, fit. You know, as you know, Scott, that there's different guys have different skill sets and those type of thing. But uh, just a guy that has seen a lot, has played in different systems. Uh, feel like he can bring value to that room. Turning to the game, Kevin. Um, you only have one penalty in that game. We're um, yeah, I mean, you've been middle of the pack in penalties all year. So uh, how do you attribute what happened? Uh, yeah, well, you or just more emphasis or what? Yeah, well, first of all, I tell you, the defense had zero penalties coming off a game where we had a lot. So I thought that was really well done by the coaches and players. And, and, and what we talk about, when you're on offense at home, your operation should be great. You should have an elite operation. And I thought the guys were locked in from that perspective. But we talk about playing clean. We want to play clean on all three sides of the ball. And clean is, is your technique. Clean is your hand placement. Clean is your assignment on, on a given play. So uh, I just felt like our, our team was playing clean throughout that game. And how important was that to keep uh, DTR out of first and 15, second and 15, and so on, especially the offensive penalties? Uh, your only penalty was on offense, but... Yeah, and uh, I don't know that we overcame it. We went backwards. Yeah, it's a tough place to be, first and 15, first and 20. Uh, you can overcome them, certainly, and, and we have. Uh, but you always want to, you know, play clean so that you give yourself a chance to move the football. Kevin, on that offensive line, obviously had two lesser experienced tackles in there. How did you see them fare uh, against the Steelers yesterday? Yeah, as you know, Cam, that's a tough matchup with their edge players that they have. And, you know, I think we had one sack in whatever it was, 40-some attempts. Uh, and that one sack was really a coverage sack. So I thought those guys did a great job. I think the guys that were involved in the protection, the chips on the edges did a nice job and then, you know, tried to play on time uh, in the pass game because that's a very, very good pass rush. Yeah, Kevin, question about uh, DTR. When just, you know, went back and watched on film, um, you know, a lot of people look at the the final numbers, but just how much better would his day have been uh, without a couple of the drop passes? And, you know, after the game, David Njoku uh, specifically had mentioned uh, himself that he felt his performance was unacceptable and he was going to hit the jugs gun and, he did. And, and things like that. Just what does that mean to you and – and the team when, uh, you know, a player steps up and, and does take accountability when they don't have a, a great afternoon. Yeah, uh, I can confirm he hit the jugs machine because he FaceTimed me from uh, his house on the jugs machine. Uh, yeah, we have a ton of confidence in Dave. Uh, we're going to continue to throw him the ball. He comes through for us. You know, obviously, he's hard on himself. Uh, that was a pretty big 11-yard gain there at the end. Uh, so we're always going to go to Dave. And then um, I, I think you guys have five wins now, like in the last two minutes of uh, football games. Uh, you're known for having a very steady, even keel uh, personality. How much do you get the sense late in games that that uh, has rubbed off on this team? Because uh, it's easy when those you're in those tight situations as a player to get excited or lose focus and, and things like that. I just think that's. That's this football team. These guys lock in. When we have a job to do, we have great situational awareness, and, and we just focus on our job. Hey, Kevin, I know you touched on Rodney, obviously, but just the the overall safety depth and, you know, younger guys like DeAnthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman that are still here, what kind of, you know, opportunities they might have, and especially Ronnie being the undrafted rookie, how he's handled, you know, when you guys have thrown him in there in spurts so far. Yeah, we trust those guys, Ashley. They've played for us. Uh, they've come in in big moments and, and played for us. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But, uh, 
no different than any position. We, we trust our backups that when they get in there, they, they have their job to do. Hey, Kevin, you know, can you talk about the impact Oboe has had this season and even, you know, yesterday, I think besides the sack, he had like four tackles for loss. He's all over. And then yeah. second, Jordan Kunasik, you know, you said a while ago he was close. And with Anthony, can you talk about where he's at? Yeah, obviously he continues to rehab and then we'll see where that shakes out this week. Uh, Obo uh, played great. He was really, really good. Had the new dad strength going, I think, um, but made plays in the run game and the pass game. He was all over the field. Hey, Kevin, I thought your footwork was better on your second challenge throw. Um, just a quick clarification. Were, uh, were you just unsure whether or not you could challenge the safety? Yeah, there was a little yeah, conversation with the officials, I guess. Uh, and uh, just the conversation wasn't clear uh, on that moment. Obviously, uh, not sure if we would have or would not have uh, gotten that one, but it is what it is. Hey, Kevin, um, it looked like DTR, maybe just the whole passing offense, was struggling in the second half until that final drive. Did you notice anything specific, and how did you think he handled it? He said he was kind of hard on himself after the pick. Yeah, you know, we obviously need to be better there in that second half, that third quarter. Uh, need to come through on a couple of those. Uh, it's, it's never one thing. There's always a couple of things that we, we can do differently. I can do differently. Uh, but, you know, as a quarterback, you can't ride that roller coaster. You just got to stay true to it, stay true to your reads, your feet, um, and keep making great decisions. Kevin, kind of what uh, Tony was talking about, uh, you guys have won five games with right, a game-winning score in the last two minutes. Jerome Ford talked about it after the game yesterday about how you guys emphasize those two-minute drills and practice so heavily. Has that been something that you have just kind of instilled as your philosophy, knowing the importance, or have you kind of ramped that up as this season has gone on and you've been in those situations so many times? No, we, we always do that. Uh, Cam, every week, Friday, uh, we work our two-minute drill. Uh, we do it competitively, our offense versus our defense. Uh, again, it's something we talk about on Friday morning. We watch a lot of tape together as a team about it when it comes to two-minute drives and different things that happen around the league. So I just go back to, I say it all the time to the team, shared situational awareness. It's it's not good enough for me to know the situation. I need all of us. I need our players to know. I need the coaches to know. It. Everybody has to understand uh, what we're doing in those situations and why we're doing them. Tito's Handmade Vodka on game day. Pour me in, coach. Find cocktail recipes for every fan at titosvodka.com, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. The pure joy continues. The Joe Thomas half hour of the program is up next. Listen to Cleveland Browns From Daily. Mexico. He's in Mexico? That's right. Bucerias. Good Lord. That's right. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Steelers are going no huddle. They come up on third down and five in a shotgun. Pickett, Harris on his right hip. Three receivers left, one right. He's back at the 10. He throws, and a big, big hit right there by Denzel Ward out at the 20-yard line. He nails the running back on the right flat, loses his helmet, and the Steelers will punt. Wow, what a hit on Najee Harris. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And apparently about to be live in Mexico as well. Browns fans, Express Beer, presented by Bud Light, brings the same facial authentication technology used in Express access to beer purchases in the stadium. Dedicated Express Beer stands are the fastest way to get a beer at Cleveland Browns Stadium. 21 or over, go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. We head out on the Twisted Tea hotline. 
to Mexico? That's right. We're going international, baby. International. Is the Hoff there? I got you. Can you guys hear me? Oh, uh, baby. Hola. Hola. My Spanish translation is uh, a little delayed. You know, I had to put that into Google Translate before I saw you guys were asking. So, uh, I'm just, you know, tickled pink. I got to watch my brownies. Take it to the Steelers down the road. Like I said this week, we got to trust the DTR. He could do it. He did it down the stretch. I was on the bus from the airport uh, as I was watching on my phone, celebrating with a bunch of people wondering why I was acting like an idiot. Uh, but that's why we're enjoying pure joy and victory Monday today. Hoff, what, just from your experience, what does it mean six and three Browns beating six and three Steelers? Nick Chubb comes back. Jim Donovan goes out and smashes the guitar in his return to the broadcast booth. You know, what does it mean to the players, to this team, to this city, from your own experiences to do what this Browns team did on Sunday? Well, it starts first and foremost with beating your cross-state rival and the team that had really had your number for a long time, even before I got there, and of course, the entire time that I was there, but being able to have the emotion tied to Jim Donovan coming back, smashing the guitar, Nick Chubb getting showed on the Jumbotron, enjoying the game with his family after his second surgery, having success, doing it with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who it seems like is a very well-liked player in the locker room, who the coaching staff said, we believe in you. We think you're the guy that can lead us to victory against the Steelers. Having an overwhelmingly awesome performance by the defense again of a miles Garrett rise to the occasion like it was all those emotional players that put it together and it just continues to kind of build this belief and momentum that this is a special season for the team Huff, i want to talk about something else that i thought was special and i want you to take us inside the locker room in the way that only you can so the doctors and your your offensive line coach and your head coach comes fancy they come to you and they say Listen, Hoff, we don't think that you're healthy enough to play the whole game, but we do think that you're healthy enough to pass block against T.J. Watt in obvious passing situations. <laughs> Number one, how do you respond to that? Number two, can you believe that Dewan Jones was able to do just that 19 pass blocks against T.J. Watt, not a single pressure allowed? Incredible. Uh, no bueno is how I respond to that because that's <laughs> the worst deal ever. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, we want you to play in the game, but you don't get to do any of the fun stuff. And you only have, like, the super stressful stuff, which is pass blocking in obvious passing situations. Oh, and by the way, you kind of do it against a guy who uh, is potentially one of the defensive players of the year this year and who's one of the all-time great stackers in the NFL. No, that does not sound like a deal I'm going to sign up for. But to his credit, I mean, how about the performance that he put together? It was yeah. pretty amazing to watch him just completely lock down T.J. Watt. And the difference, too, versus the first time that they played against each other, they weren't chipping and helping DeJuan like they were in the first game, which speaks to the confidence that they have in the young man and it speaks to the growth that he's had from when he came in from with Jack Conklin getting injured to where he is right now as, I, I, one of the better right tackles in the NFL. I'm going to go out and say it. I'm believing in him as 
a Pro Bowl type guy. I don't know if he'll make the Pro Bowl this year because he's not on people, a lot of people's radar outside of Cleveland, but he's got everything it takes, and he's showing it week in and week out that he can do the hard thing, which is pass throw, and he's getting a lot better at being dominant in the run game too. Did you see the clip that reminded me of a clip you had shown me of you against T.J. Watt the first time that you guys hooked up at Cleveland Brown Stadium where you kind of did a deep set and let him come to you and used his own kind of lean against him and pushed him straight in the ground. Dewan Jones did that. It was like a mirror image of Hoff, and that blew my mind. Have you seen that clip? No, I, I got to watch that clip. You got to send it to me. Right, send it to you right but I remember watching him. Yeah, what, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So when he was out there, I remember uh, James Hudson kind of got his hands together on a play when he was trying to punch T.J. Watt. And T.J. swiped his hands one right around him. And then I remember watching Dewan like uh, another series or two later, and he got his hands a little bit too close, which is something you don't want to do. But just his size and the strength that he has, T.J. tried to do the same move to him, but he still had his left hand on him, and he was able to snatch him up. Like he was grabbing a bag of potato chips off the top shelf at the grocery store and just stoned him right in his track. I was just like, that's not supposed to happen. You got your hands too close together. You punched at the same time, which is like lights out, game over. He's just going to swipe with both hands. He's going to go around you like you just did to James. He tried to do that. But what the difference was is the one with the balance and the footwork that he had, he was in perfect position. And with those strong hands and as big as he is, TJ wasn't really able to get around him, and so he just stoned him in that spot. And I was just like, wow. I feel like I'm watching when I used to watch Jonathan Ogden when I was a rookie, and he was playing in the NFL. He was so big. He just put himself in perfect position because he had great footwork. And he would just stick his hands out there, and nobody could do anything, even if they got his hands knocked down, because his hands were so strong. And he was such a large man. And yeah. I just can't wait till he's fully healthy for him to be able to play the whole game because he's turning into a weapon out there. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's, we were saying you redraft the draft right now. He goes in the top ten yeah. uh, for sure. If, if you redraft yeah. it at this point, Hoff, I mean, it's unbelievable that you get him in the fourth round. Um, this defense, you are part of a – there's been over – the, over the, since the Browns have been back, there's been times when maybe a position group felt like it was as good of, as any in the NFL, and it's been the offensive line a couple of times. There was times with Chubb and Hunt when you felt like maybe we got the best running back room in the NFL, but not an entire side of the ball. This defense is the best overall unit in the National Football League by a pretty wide margin. And, Joe, they're just getting better and better. Uh, Miles, on what was clearly looks like a safety to me on the first the first snap for Pittsburgh, set the tone. But they got they had nothing. They had one play, and that's it. They wouldn't even dare to throw the ball, Joe. I mean, this is, this is a, the, a, an elite level of defense of which the likes you rarely see in this league. Yeah, I'm trying to think out of the defenses that I played that were really good. Like my first couple of years when the Ravens were there, they had 12 thugs rushing the passer, Jared Johnson. They had Ed Reed in the backfield, um, at the center field playing safety. They had um, Ray Lewis and Bart Scott at linebacker. And then inside they had Trevor Price. Um, and I don't know who their corners were, but I mean, they were one of the most dominant defenses of all time in the NFL. Um, and I think our defense is a lot better because what we excel at, we can obviously rush the passer, which is huge with Miles, Jadarius, and Obo. Um, But our cornerbacks and our safeties are so good. Like they can match up with any receiver group in the NFL and outmatch them, which yep. in today's NFL with all these great quarterbacks that primarily throw the ball, like to me that is the superpower that we have that I don't know if 
there's ever been a team that's had so many good cover corners and guys that fit in and play great at least, which it just goes top down and helps set up that pass rush that we got up front. And then, oh, by the way, we got a linebacker group that's one of the fastest linebacker groups in the NFL. And so if you're trying to throw the ball, they can cover all those intermediate zones really well because of their speed. And if you try to go sideways to try to get around uh, this defensive line that's so disruptive and penetrating, like our linebackers are just faster and your lineman cannot get up and get a hand on our linebackers. So it's really difficult defense. And I really don't see any way that you could possibly attack them because they don't have those weaknesses. And that's going to be the calling card for this team, this defense yep. and what they are doing. And speaking of that defense, Miles Garrett, we're starting to hear MVP talk off. What do you make of what he's been able to do week in and week out? And not only that, how Jim Schwartz is moving him all around. So you saw how many different times did they either have to call timeout or take a delay a game because they couldn't set their protections because of Miles. What do you think of what he's doing? Yeah, so it was a joy listening to uh, Charles Davis on the broadcast. Sorry, Z, I couldn't get the radio as we were flying down to Mexico on the plane. Uh, sad. So I got to listen to Charles Davis. Yeah, it was very sad. But Charles is awesome. Uh, yes, I love the best. Broadcast. He elevates it with his analysis. Ian Eagle, my partner on Western One, he was play that play. It was great listening to him. And he mentioned several times um, about Miles and how challenging it was because the Steelers were trying to get four hands on him every single time that they drop back to pass, which if he just lines up over the left tackle every time, that's easy, right? You can yep. call a protection where you got a, anybody coming in motion and chipping or helping there, or you can slide that direction. But as soon as he starts moving around, now you got to make them communicate, right? Which slows down their process up front. It slows down what they want to do. And also it distracts from the other guys, which we can do two things, right? We oboe, the areas are good pass rushers on their own right, but yep. the creative blitzes that Schwartz puts together yeah. are really impacted by the lack of communication that offensive lines and quarterbacks can get to because they're so worried about where Miles is. Because if you can imagine, I'm on the offensive line, what, me and my quarterback, we're talking, right? As the, the play is going on, it's third and eight. We've got like a key protection, which means five down linemen and a running back. We've got six protectors. The number one thing we got to do is find Miles. Where is he? He's not where he normally was. So now three, four, five seconds have been wasted at the line of scrimmage trying to figure out where he is, trying to figure out how we get four eyes and four hands on that guy. So now we're adjusting the protection. We're bastardizing it to try to make sure we can handle Miles. All of the meantime, the shot clock's running down, and we got to snap the ball, and the quarterback's worried about getting a delay game, so he's starting to clap. So the ball gets snapped, and we haven't even really figured out where the rotation of the safeties are. So we don't even know if we have to get off of Miles and go slide somewhere else. And so that's, I think, those blitzes just keep working because they're so worried about where Miles is. They're trying to get the protection set to him. But at the same time, the ball has to get snapped. It gets snapped. So they don't even look where the rest of the blitz is coming from. And so now you're getting hit in the face with unblocked players in a blitz that's not that hard to pick up. It's just you're so worried about Miles, you don't have a chance to get to figure out where the blitz is coming from. Huff, in this NFL where the AFC contenders – haven't been as good as maybe we thought or are infinitely damaged in the case of Cincinnati with no Joe Burrow, how far can this defense take this football team? How long can you ride it? Yeah, well, there's no doubt your contenders to win the AFC North. You know, I think Cincinnati's going to have a lot of trouble because they don't have a defense like we do. And no Joe Burrow, that's 
Uh, that's no bueno. Um, the Steelers, I mean, they're going to be close in a lot of games. They remind me of Iowa, you know, if you're a Big Ten fan, a team that just has no offense and has a good defense and gets turnovers. Um, but I don't know if that's legitimately going to keep you in enough games to compete for the AFC North. So obviously it's us in Baltimore. Um, I think we could absolutely win a lot of games on defense alone. And so it'll be interesting to see what we do at quarterback. And then we just signed Joe Flacco. The, the floor was his workout looked incredible. And if you guys remember him with the Jets was it last year, he was oh, really yeah. good. Like, he did not look washed at all. And yeah, the big issue for us last game clearly was we just couldn't push the ball on the field. And I think part of that was DTR knew they don't have a great offense. We have a great defense. Don't turn the ball over. So don't take chances yes. on the field. But still, at some point, you're going to have to be able to throw the ball down the field to win some of these tougher matches. But I, I still believe that you run the ball the way you can, you play defense the way you've been all year, and you get some decent play from your quarterback, and you get a few explosive plays, which we didn't get yesterday. You can beat anybody. There's nobody that, that you can honestly say we, we don't have a chance to beat. Because that's a great recipe for success. It's as old as time in the game of football. Defense, run the ball, get some explosive plays. I don't see it from our running game all that much. Like when Chubb was in there, he was your home run hitter. But we don't really have the home run hitter in the run game, so you got to have it in your passing game. But I, I think whether that be Joe Flacco or if DTR is going to still be the guy, and now we're, we're going against some better teams with better offenses that are going to say, hey, we need to take some shots on field. Don't be afraid to risk it a little bit, like we're going to dial up a few more shots. Like, we could beat anybody. No, you're exactly right. How important is it, and Bo and I felt, felt that it was very important, that DTR went four for four on that final drive, moved them into field goal range against the Pittsburgh Steelers, not only for the confidence in himself, maybe the confidence in the play caller, and also the confidence of his teammates. It was huge. I mean, we, we were, like, literally landing as they were going on the field. Otherwise, I was going to text uh, tweet that out and just say, hey, look, this is the biggest drive I can remember watching in Cleveland Browns football because of the stakes, but also because it, it'll be immediately a referendum on what this team, what this fan base, what this coaching staff feels about this quarterback in this situation because it was set up perfectly for him. Um, and then on top of that, it was his own confidence in himself and his abilities to play at this level. Because he had it in preseason. Didn't get a fair shot, played against Baltimore, and he didn't play well. But no matter what your circumstances are as a professional, you're going to question yourself and your ability a little bit. And so for him to be able to come out in this game, play well, avoid, for the most part, the turnovers, give yourself a chance to win, and then just like I'm sure Stavansky told him all week, DTR, don't make the big mistake. Take what the defense gives you. Our defense will keep us in the game, and you'll have a chance to win it at the end. Exactly what happened. So that belief between him and Kevin Stefanski, because when you tell somebody something and then all of a sudden it happens, all of a sudden there's a trust that is built. That's a bond that's almost unbreakable. Well, and the other thing is, is with when it comes to DTR, that drive, all, all everything that happened yesterday that was all magical, none of it has the same feel if you don't win. Go ahead, Z. I was going to say real quick, and before that drive, I don't know if they mentioned it on the broadcast TV-wise, you were there. Mm -hmm. This crowd chanted DTR. Oh, yeah. DTR. That's right. Almost like willing him yeah. to deliver, and he did. And after, like, they did it again. And they did it again. Yeah. But think about it. We no, haven't done he, anything he, on offense, and nothing. this crowd's chanting DTR for him like, we believe in you, dude. Yeah. Let's go. 
and go he did. Unbelievable, unbelievable moment in a series of unbelievable moments at that stadium yesterday. Well, also, Hoff, though, I mean, there were seven drops yeah. in this game. Um, oh. So you're talking about a situation where all of a sudden he's 31 at 43. That's pretty damn good for your first full start with a week to prepare. Yeah, I, I totally forgot to mention that, but you're right. I mean, we don't have to uh, name names. We don't have to put out the, uh, the blacklist here the morning after the guys who had a lot of drops in that game. But, I mean, key players that would have changed certainly the momentum, but the outcome, potential points in a number of circumstances where they just dropped balls that were right in their hands. Um, and so I think you've got to say that Dorian Thompson-Robinson has exceeded the expectations that you had for him going into the game, but one thing that I thought about today, because I had a bunch of friends at the game and they were texting me about what a great environment was and how cool it was being there. And of course, maybe made me very jealous, but I'm <laughs> not jealous anymore today. As You're going to go ahead with your right feet now. in the uh, sand, have a margarita. You're going to be doing just fine. Off. Right You're just fine. I'm, I'm having a dose that you right now. The jealousy has dissipated somehow. However, <laughs> um, they were, they were talking about how DTR was the enchanted his name in that stadium. It just, it harked my brain back to watching Gladiator and thinking about what that environment must have been like. And I think because in Cleveland, our fans are still there. They're the most loyal fan base in all of those sports. And the more time that passes between your last championship, your last taste of success, and the longer that you're still loyal in that time period, to me, makes those moments more special and makes you more invested in every game and every play that happens. And so... I don't know if there has been a better environment in pro football or maybe even pro sports in America this year than right there when DTR is having his name chanted. You feel like you're, you're in the Coliseum because you have this long-suffering fan base who's cheering for a backup quarterback. He's willing him to go out and be his best. Who you don't really know who he is. You don't know what his best looks like. He's only played one game in the NFL. And you've got these great heroes in Miles, in Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward, I'll say Joe Batonio. Well, you know, you got these, like, icons, and it just it, – all I could think about was how this feels very gladiator-esque and how it's just more important and it's more meaningful for Browns fans and how special that had to be sitting in that stadium. And then to think Jim Donovan's up there, right? He's Emperor. He's looking down. He's back. Yep. You know, you got Nick Chubb up there. I mean, it was just what, – what a moment that had to be in when – you guys are in that stadium, and he was getting ready to go out for that last drive of the game. It really was, and I said at the beginning, I really think that this team is different and that this was, and what happened in, in that stadium is something that, for a variety of reasons, for a variety of people, but ultimately the glue that will connect all of those experiences that I think will change perhaps father-son relationships or, or Browns fans' relationships or generations of Browns yeah. fans is the fact that they won the game is that that was, that's an, an inflection point, a turning point to me, this team and everything that's happened here, all those games that in the past you wouldn't have won, you're winning now and you're not going to be able to do that forever. But it, it, this is a different culture. There's a different set of belief and not only in the players themselves and the coaches, the organization, but even I feel like the fans around the organization and I think that was something that was kind of released in that moment of chanting DTR DTR then him coming through and him you see him him weeping afterwards tears of joy and elation and it was just a special day I know it's a special day in your household it was a special day for me uh with Jim and and with all the Browns fans and and everybody was just 
unbelievable. I, I really feel like we'll look back at this two-week stretch for the high highs, the low low of finding out about Deshaun, but then coming back and winning anyway over the Steelers in that fashion, that that this is a change in who this franchise is and who they will be going forward. I totally agree. Great team set there. Gee, how about that? That was beautiful. I got goosebumps, and it's 90 degrees right now. Uh, you didn't chill, Brother, man. That, that was awesome. I'll tell you the best in the business. I, I loved it, dude. It, it really was such an impactful two weeks that the Browns organization has had here with all the news, all the ups and downs, the roller coaster of emotion. And I think one of the big moments that we'll reflect back on and give Kevin Stefanski and company a lot of credit is going with DTR, right? Because yeah. I remember I was, I was doing a show when the Browns announced the Deshaun Watson news and uh, DTR be the starter. And most national people were like, why is P.J. Walker not starting? He did a good job. DTR was not good the last time we saw him. And this game is huge. Like, this is, this is a turning point in the organization. I think we all rightfully were able to point to this game and understanding the importance and knowing that if you won this, especially if you won it the way we did win it, like, this could propel you to some great heights. Yeah, it certainly could. And then that's the next thing, right? So you've beaten Baltimore and Pittsburgh in back-to-back weeks, and now it's about stacking it. Uh, a double road trip here. You go Denver, L.A. is is the way that it goes from here. The team's going to stay out there, Hoffa. You ever do that in your career where you stayed West Coast uh, on a trip like that? And, and how do you think Coach Stefanski will use that to his advantage advantage this week? Mm-hmm. We never stayed out there, but when we would play out on the West Coast, occasionally we'd go like a day early, mm-hmm. which um, I mean I liked it. I don't know if it was good for us. We just had one more one more night to be out, you know, screwing around. Um, but we weren't on a very good team at that time. So I don't think it really mattered. Uh, however, I, I do think that to get into a routine and stay out there could be beneficial because that's really the difference between home and away games. And I think you know, everybody who bets knows it's like three points is the, the automatic that you give to the home team. But it's not because playing in your home stadium is that big of a, a difference, like playing in front of your home crowd. There was plenty of people, myself included, who actually like playing in front of the visiting crowd because you kind of get energy and you, you get this togetherness feeling when it's you versus everybody in the stadium. You know, it's similar gladiator type deal, right? Um, and I like the back and forth with the away fans. And really, the difference is that you have to get out of your routine and travel on that Saturday before the game. You got to go to the hotel, you got to fly, you go to the airport, you got all these other distractions that when you're at home, you just kick your feet up, you go home, you study your playbook, you watch some college football, and go to the hotel that night, eat a dinner, have some film, break some bread with your brothers, eat some ice cream, go to bed, wake up and play the game. And you've done it a lot. And so you can kind of focus on the things that are new in your mind, the playbook, like what are the differences in our protection? What are the differences in our run game? And so I think being able to stay out there gives you an opportunity to get into that routine where it's going to feel a lot more like a home game and hopefully neutralize some of the benefit of the teams that do play on the West Coast and having to have a, a – a team that would travel back home, get their schedule all screwed up, their biological clock, their sleep schedule, everything, and then having to come back. All right, Hoff. Most importantly, walk us through this week in Mexico. What's happening? Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, what's, on yeah. the road. On the, on road. the road. Yeah. What are we? What are we talking are we here? Oh, it's going to be a Mexican Thanksgiving. I cannot wait. Uh, we got a chef in the house with us, the great Eric Tapia. He's a stud already. We had a uh, you know, welcome night. We had shrimp tacos. We had uh, some ceviche, which is very famous down here in Vendetta. Yes. 
Um, and then for Thanksgiving, I can't wait, right? It's going to be surf and turf in the pool, barbecue. So we're going to have lobster, we have shrimp. We're going to have hopefully some mahi-mahi. We're going fishing on Wednesday. Hopefully bringing back some mahi-mahi, some tuna. That's awesome. And then basically just a enormous spread of every appetizer and delicious Mexican food that you can imagine. We're not going to let anybody eat until the spread comes out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because it's just going to be one rolling meal, which is why Thanksgiving is the greatest holiday in America, period, hands down. Three football games and 30 hours straight of eating and drinking. Well, I would just say that I will co-sign that if I can do your yes, version can I, of Thanksgiving. You're right, yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to be trying to make stuffing and all this other stuff taste like that. It ain't going to work. No. <laughs> well, that's why you go on vacation. So you can have somebody else I like do it for plan. you. It's a pretty great plan. Watching football. Oh, man, I can't wait. I'll, I'll send you guys some pics. I, <laughs> you said earlier that you got goosebumps in 90-degree weather. I had just eaten a pretty – Healthy lunch, yeah, and I'm starving. Well, that that has so, made yeah well, that I'm whole operation he's yes. got going on down there. Yes, Hoff, enjoy your time, buddy. It's better, always better on a victory Monday. Oh, the Hoff. absolutely, guys. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yes. All right, the great Joe Thomas, the Hoff. If your game plan for this season includes buying or selling a home, Howard Hanna has the answer. Delivering a winning strategy for breaking down the game of real estate as a market leaders in Northeast Ohio. More buyers and sellers trust Howard Hanna to be their winning home team. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today. A lot to sort through, including a game tonight that's really, really good. It's going to be good. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Second down and 11. Najee Harris in the backfield, which is a shotgun. Back to pass. Kenny Pickett in the pocket. Getting chased, and they got him. Miles Garrett got him. Big, big play. Back to the 27-yard line. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo here for my team at Renew Home Exteriors, now introducing Ascend Composite Clad Siding, featuring beautiful deep grain look, 20 available colors. Keep that just installed look for a lifetime with this low-maintenance siding. Plus, with the new home price match guarantee, you can be assured you receive the best price for your exterior project every single time, even after you buy it. Renew Home Exterior, superior products and superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more on that. In addition, Rumpke Waste and Recycling, great place to start and build a career. Check out the latest opportunities to join the team that's working together to keep your community clean and green. Learn more at Rumpke.com. So here's where we stand. Uh, we've played 10. Everybody in this division has played 10 except for the Ravens. They are 8-3 and three in terms of percentage to win the division. They are the favorite yep. at 65% chance to win the division. They are a 96% chance to win to make the playoffs. Rather, we are an 82%, 81.7 to be precise, chance to make the playoffs, 24% chance to win the division. Steelers 52.5 and 10.2, and the Bengals 10.2 and .3 to win the division. They're cooked. Without Burrow, they're cooked. Yeah, what's the what's the tenor? You're more on, on the the pulse of that. What's the tenor? Well, I mean, just devastation. I mean, they they they're they're gonna have to make a decision now on Higgins, um, and and now Burrow. This is twice that he's lost seasons 
uh, partial seasons due to a catastrophic injury. So, you know, and this one's in a hand. The other one was in a, a knee. So, so was it? Have they been more specific? No, I haven't seen anything. There was, I still feel like it's his elbow. Well, the way he didn't throw throw it, I think that's what it looked like to me. But they were saying here, it was wrist. And then he was just like, yeah, just like dropped. it's almost like his elbow couldn't. I mean that would be much worse, I yeah, would think, like significantly. A situation, if it was if it was that. Um but they're totally cooked. That Pittsburgh team has infighting. You could see that um in terms of the way that they handled the loss and everything that was said post post game with Najee and all that. And then Kenny Pickett just cannot throw the ball down the field. He just he just can't. No. Mo Pedman's buddy Filipponi just said nineteen minutes ago on Twitter he's broken. He's not the answer. We need to find a new solution for twenty twenty four. He said I look like an idiot since he loved him more than anybody, but that's it. You got to go. Yeah, it's one of those. I mean, it's clear. Like, they don't, they didn't trust him in any way, shape, or form to do anything. When they did ask him to throw down the field, it was pretty hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. There, was, there wasn't much there for them. Um, so, for us, I asked this question to Hoff, and, and you think about bringing in Flacco. Offensively, theoretically, we will only get better and better from this point on. With every, with every start, DTR becomes more comfortable, and now you have a backup plan in Joe Flacco. Should that go awry? Uh, someone who was proven, and we saw him last year here play very, very well. Yeah. Um, so, so you have you have that part of it, and then you have this defense. And so, in an AFC, and you're going to get a look at one of them tonight with Kansas City. Um, in an AFC where the, the dominant teams, in part because of injury, in part because they're just a little odd, like Buffalo, maybe aren't as dominant as as we thought. This defense is good enough to go a while. Agreed. I think you're exactly right about it. I think that it is good enough to go a while and if you can get just you know continue to get better and evolve offensively as we talked about I think we have a great great opportunity to be a team that scares people because of the suffocating nature of our defense you go back to even the year that the the Bucks beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl it wasn't yeah. because necessarily that they lit up the scoreboard it was because their defense dominated them and Mahomes got sacked I think it was like a record whatever it was and they oh yeah they couldn't run for his life they couldn't play offense and so you we have a defense that certainly can do that and as long as we can become increasingly competent and one thing I did like was you know when they got DTR running I thought he was very effective and we really only did it kind of on some third down situations but when he did do it he really picked up those those first downs for the Cleveland Browns and and I, I think that is something to help him as we go forward is to continue to allow him to make plays with his legs. You know, you think about it, he only ran three times for 20 yards, 6.7. Two of them were for first downs and one, he made it to a third and short, I think so that were a fourth and short. So we were able to go for it and get the first down, which, Oh baby, the Harrison Bryant under center. And then we run a toss. Goodness gracious me. That was so, <laughs> so cool, man. And, and that worked because David Bell made a great lead block. I think it was David Bell and Amari Cooper that made the block, made the block. by the way, how about Jaron Christian? We've made it this far. I haven't even said his name, which is the biggest compliment you can give. To an offensive lineman. Alex Highsmith had come into this with seven sacks and four games against the Browns. Wrecked the last game. Did he do what were uh, – did he do anything? I don't think so. I know he had a penalty. He had the roughing on DTR. Yeah, the roughing, which was, which was good. So Highsmith, six tackles, no quarterback hits, no sacks, no tackles for loss. That's pretty incredible. Jaron Christian was on the streets. Got him Dude, off of Jaron Christian's on the streets. Kareem Hunt was on the streets. Like, think of all the people who've commit who've contributed to these wins. 
Yeah. Like, you go back to that team that was assembled in West Virginia versus the team we are now. I mean, it's nuts what's happened. Pierre Strong wasn't on this team. Like, I mean, you mentioned Christian, and Dewan Jones was a project. Remember, he didn't even practice those first two practices at the the Greenbrier, and we're like, is he okay? Like, what was going on with him? And now he's one of the best right tackles in football. Jaron Christian didn't give up a pressure in this game. There you go. On his true pass sets, he had an 87.5 grade at Pro Football Focus, which was the highest on our team on true pass sets. So that is like straight up one-on-one pass blocking. That's crazy. I, That's I, I have crazy. a hard time under. Sometimes there are grades I don't get. The PFF? So a run blocking, I saw there were a few plays where certainly he had trouble. And we had trouble moving the line of scrimmage. Like, no doubt. We took contact at or behind the line of scrimmage. It was tough sledding. Yeah. But I don't understand how if you're going against Highsmith and you don't give up a pressure, you can have a pass block grade of 45.4. To me, when his true pass set grade was ace, I, I don't, sometimes that I don't understand. I saw the issues in the run game, but if you ultimately hold a guy without any pressures who's been a game wrecker, I feel like that's at least worthy of some type of yeah. accolade. We'll you give think. him to, we'll give him to you, Jaron. Yeah. No, it was it it checked every box. Um so for those of you who are not on social but are lo- loyal listeners of this program, mm, we um, one of the gr- we, we pre- appreciate you a great a great deal. Um one of the the great um real running stories of this show is how Chomps Stiffed Bootsy yeah. at a game two years ago. And I showed Uno the images of a crestfallen Bootsy thinking Chops was coming up to our section to visit him very only sad. to turn around and then yeah. be reduced to tears. What, how would you describe him, Uno, in the photo? I was telling Griff about it earlier. It's like a story in three parts. It really it's was. Like yeah. 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 happiness, confusion, and sadness in three photos. In order, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was two years ago, 2021, we went to the game. So we went to the game yesterday, and I had seen – uh, chomps on the sidelines but as we were walking down to the field i saw him go the other way so i went to uh the great jenner to and i said hey jenner can you know the guy in the can we get him back over here so i had bootsy turned away from chomps and she's like i got you so he's chomps is coming back and he's just looking like that's all he is the, the other two boys are like looking on the field they're looking at miles they're looking at players all he's doing is trying to find chomp where's the dog that's all he wants to do so um I, I turn around, he starts coming. So I turn him, and I put this out on, on Twitter, but it was in that was in three parts. This, this was, was in four. four. So it it's was beautiful. jaw drop. They point at each other, like Chomps points at him, sprint, embrace, like to the point of like near tears. The kid's in like near tears. Browns by a billion. I don't follow and you on you, social, but I, I, I did see that. that. So I put that out. Um, so like he was, that was over the moon with that. But then the referees were incredible. That's so cool. So Hockley comes over and he asks Bootsy's name, and then he uses it to test the microphone in the stadium when he tested to see that it worked. So he dropped his name on that. Then they, I forgot to tell you this, they gave us two uh, hand towels, like referee hand towels. They gave the two littles, Beamsy and, and Bootsy, the hand towels. And then the side judge to warm up was throwing was playing catch with him. So, so all of that happened. And then we sat behind TJ Watt's wife, who could not have been nicer. Uh, huge ovation for her with Jim with the uh, she was aware of the moment and we had a, and there were some lovely Steelers wives that were right in front of us and they were very, very kind. It was as good a day as you're gonna have. It's perfect. You can't do it better than that. And 
our experience is obviously a little different just because of the people I know and the fact that I've done so with the Browns. But I imagine that type of experience was replicated throughout that stadium. Yep. And this is what allows for a fan base to be passed on and a fandom to be passed on from generation to generation is wins like this. And days like this at that stadium, there's a magic to it. There's a magic to it. That's what I was saying earlier. I mean, there is a magic that is gonna. This time of year, we don't have a lot, brother. No, we, like we, you, you need your football in Ohio. We got a big one. There's a big one between Ohio State and Michigan this weekend. This was Steelers Browns Sunday. That one, all of these things happening at the state championship football playoffs. You got semifinals this week, finals next week. Like. I've often said we do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday better than any state in football in the union, and we're in the peak of it right now. We're smack dab in the middle of it. You're not wrong, and I love that you brought up for the people that you know follow the follow the show a long time. They know that there's a great story of Bootsy, and and by the way, Bootsy and the official is it Y or I E? I go Y. So that's what I, I think I did Y. I go but Y. I, like, but I, I do see it. like Brown therapy goes I E. Okay. So whatever it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's no official spelling. He's he is both. Yeah. The one of the other great stories on this program that has been chronicled in multiple states and really across a great many years. Yeah. Is the unbelievable lurking prowess of Gibe. Fact. Yes. In fact, the combine. It is. It, you almost need God rest his soul. You need Marlon Perkins to, <laughs> to to do the voiceover for Gibe at the combine. There's a gift that comes with it. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. So yesterday, in the booth, yeah. after the final field goal, after we stop their play, yep. the Browns have won, yep. I take a pure joy selfie <laughs> with myself and Jim Donovan. Yes. And now, when beautiful. I looked at this picture, all I saw was myself, That's right. the blue eyes of Jim Donovan, the smile, the joy on both of our faces... And I posted it immediately. Sure. Sent it around to a bunch of group chats I was on. I was on one of them. Pure joy. It starts that I'm getting ones back now that are marked up with an arrow being like, what's wrong with Gibe? (laughs) Why is Gibe staring at you like that? And at first I didn't notice it, but then when you zoom in, this is is what you see over the shoulder. That's right. So, So I had no idea. And Gibe, today when I come and he goes, if you're going to take a selfie, I need to know. I'm like, but you're looking at the camera. The eye is going right into the camera. But Gibe, it was still a great moment, and I want everybody to know this because I can say it with 100% authority because Gibe is being accused of being the only person in Cleveland that wasn't happy. My Gibe oh, was, no accused me yeah. of that. Gibe no. was – Gibe was – walked in the door, she's like, Shock well, queen. glad to see that uh, you were handling the win so well. Gibe was overjoyed. At times, Gibe was emotional, more emotional than I've ever seen him, yeah. and it was a beautiful thing. But uh, that picture, even though, Gibe, I know you don't love it per se – it's so amazing. It's a great picture. It's a, it really is. It is such a great picture. My kid texts me this morning at 8 a.m., 80. And 80 goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, either go to work or go to school. <laughs> you got Do not choices. bother me anymore today. The way that I'm going to interpret is, is that sometimes on this show, yeah. you get a great joy out of my misfortune. Sure. And sometimes you, you I feel like, have a great disdain for my unbridled joy and enthusiasm 
<laughs> in this case, I think you were very pleased with the Browns, but maybe it was I was too happy you were too for happy. you. I think in that I was moment. looking out over the field. Like, I was doing something else. I had no you idea until looking, after it was. Is taken, it over or is the escape over? <laughs> yeah, it, I'm looking for flags on the field. Right. I'm it's doing something things. to make sure that this is actually done. <laughs> it's just so good. It is. OBM, uh, the preferred provider of copiers and documents in the Cleveland Browns. You can tackle any size office. 216-485-2000. Visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Uh, we've got a score for you. So much more to come. You'll see Cleveland Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Join Ken and Gerard tonight, 7 to 8 Browns preview show, Browns Radio Network. The guys recap the win over Pittsburgh and look ahead to a huge matchup with the Broncos this week. Gibbe. Big one, gentlemen, tonight, Monday right, night, man. foosball, the two best teams in the NFL, allegedly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think they are. Yep. Philadelphia, Kansas City, barbecue, football, Segura. I think they're going to get this one that is not as meaningful. Not well, as meaningful. Non-meaningful? I think they're going to win this one. I feel like they've been building to it. Jason Kelsey's never beaten Travis Kelsey. No Taylor Swift in attendance. Oh, yeah. I think that the Chiefs, it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a great game. Me too. But I think Eagles pull it out 27-24. to 24. Opposite. Chiefs 27 Eagles twenty four. I hope that'd be great. Good game. Do we have we have a Manning cast, right? Yeah, we do. I don't know. I'd like a, this. I don't this know one, if I don't. I might not watch them though. I'm kind of. I was down on it last time out. I, I think want, I'm going to go main broadcast because it's so good. The juice, Aikman yeah. Buck. Yeah. yeah, it's the good. The juice. That's right. This was fun. This was great fun. We'll do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.